You're listening to the Industry Alchemist podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. This episode is brought to you by OfficeChief.com. Office Chief exists to make moving your office easy and painless. Moving an office can be a big hassle. On top of running your company, you're thrown into having to figure out what to do. Hire space planners, furniture companies, movers, IT consultants, the list goes on. It only takes two minutes to create a profile and Office Chief gives you a step-by-step action plan and connects you with the top vendors in your market. Moving your office? Log on to officechief.com and make it easy. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. I'm also founder and CEO of OfficeChief.com, an online resource for businesses moving their office or updating their space. Hey guys, welcome to the Industry Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brower. Our guest today is a fractional marketing executive, uh, startup addict, serial entrepreneur, and is always looking for ways to help others realize their vision. Having successfully driven several companies from startup to growth, and one even going public, he now focuses his time on helping other entrepreneurs and business leaders hit that hockey stick growth that comes with a solid sales and marketing strategy. While he provides help to all industries, his main focus right now is in the cannabis space. Uh, As this industry actually grows uh, heavily in Colorado and nationally, I look forward to hearing more about it. So thank you so much for being here, Josh Whitaker. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I want to dive in really quick. I know that you know you and I have met a couple times. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends, and you're very heavily involved in the kind of Denver startup uh, community and the entrepreneurial community here. When did you move to Colorado? Uh, about seven years ago. Okay, from where? From Texas. Texas. Yes. I could uh, could have guessed that. I hear a slight slight accent. slight yeah. accent. Yeah, I try to hide it. <laughs> Probably comes out sure. more when you're drinking or something. It definitely does, or when I'm around mom. <laughs> oh, I'll yes. bet. I'll bet. <laughs> So uh, seven years ago, what brought you to Denver? Someone was funding an idea that I had for a startup. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, $2 million in the bank, fully furnished condo, office, car. Everything was set. Um, and then it fell through one week before I got here. Wow. Yes. So you got you, you then came out here and said, holy shit, I got to Yeah, I didn't out. know where to live. I ended up in Highlands Ranch. And as a single young man, that's probably not the best place. Um, I literally, I was just driving around and like this place, it's clean and look, there's a good view of the mountains. Yeah. So I'll think I'll move here. And then uh, I joined a co-ed soccer team so I could meet girls and it was uh, six <laughs> couples and me. Oh, and wow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Uh, uh, I think that it probably happens a lot where, you know, people that are moving to Denver, their friends tell them, oh yeah, you got to be in the Highlands. And then somehow they end okay. up in the Highlands Ranch. <laughs> that actually happened to me at, <laughs> at, uh, on Match.com. So, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, this, God. This girl stopped talking to me because I was in Highlands Ranch. She thought I was in the Highlands. Yeah. I, I didn't know any different. Probably she was literally mad at me. got 14 kids. <laughs> and actually, yeah, you're probably right. No. That's probably what it was. <laughs> no offense to everyone that's listening that lives in the south end of town. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I've actually heard that that has happened before. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. So seven years ago. Uh, so what would that be? Two thousand. What is it? Right two thousand twenty twenty. So you've gotten into several uh, entrepreneurial projects. Mm-hmm. I know you still have, you know, several that you're running. Um, 
give us a bit of a background on what you've done since you've been in Colorado here. So, um, and I'm not bragging at all, but some, uh, many, many, like lots of people ask me how I know so many people in this town and um, in such a short time. And that's because I didn't know anyone at all to begin with. I was every single day, I was networking every single day, lunch, dinner, weekends. Like I did nothing but work. I didn't date. I never, I didn't join Match.com until, I don't know, like a year and a half. I didn't oh, okay. start meeting girls um, <laughs> except for, you know, girls like suite mates like you know girls that i had an office next to or something right. um i was actually just going to ask if by by networking did you mean dating but no. <laughs> you, just, you already clarified that yeah exactly exactly yeah <laughs> definitely it was all about uh networking and businesses um i mean i joined every single meetup i mean like meetup uh that thing was definitely oh, yeah. my meetup. friend com. for sure yeah i loved that thing i don't even know if it's still around anymore i don't have time I for it i think them. it is but yeah i don't i don't get those emails anymore either though so yeah uh, I definitely, I I loved it. Um, seriously, every lunch, at chamber of commerce meetings, I, I would just, I would just meet all these. It, it, I would latch on to the like the good people, yeah, right. And then um, they would introduce me to those people, and those they would introduce me to those people, and it would just go on and on. One of the very first people that I met at my very first networking event ever, because I didn't do any networking really before. This was my 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 launch into it, right? Um, I met this guy, uh, Philip. Um, he introduced me, uh, shortly after that meeting, he introduced me to a woman named Jessica Backus, and um, she runs a nonprofit called Dolls for Daughters, okay. um, and it's an amazing nonprofit, and that just, I dove headfirst into that, and then through that, I met a ton of more people, and, and it just kept yeah. just like snowballing. That's right? great. Yeah. Are you still involved with that uh, organization? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, last year, I did not get to attend um, the, the uh, toy shop. So every single year, if I like, so my time, obviously, all of our time is very valuable, right? But um, I, I try to put my time into the most strategic places, yeah. not just in business, nonprofit yeah, also. Yeah. So every year, the first weekend of December, uh, we hand out toys to kids in need. And through, through you can choose a four-hour shift. I, I, I do the all-day shift, eight hours. And we're delivering toys to like 5,000 kids, like wow. thousands of families, are, are, you know, we're giving Christmas to. Wow. And you it's don't incredible. have to give much to this organization to produce a lot of joy. Right. And it is, it is definitely awesome. Um, just in the last couple of years, she opened Boulder. Um, I did the, uh, what's that? Pueblo. We went down to Pueblo and did a toy shop down there. Yeah. Um, it, it's, she's definitely, it's blown up. So it's I called Do Dolls, Dolls for, for Daughters. Daughters. Yeah. Well, actually, so it's changed. So it, it used to be Dolls for Daughters. Now it's Toys for Boys. Dolls for Daughters, Toys for Boys. Okay, um, they yeah. kind of have both. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. It started cool. out uh, as as just for for girls. Yeah, that's great. I had, not, I had not heard of that organization before. Yeah, it's, it's good pretty, to it is awesome. Learn about uh, something cool like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so then, um, so that was shortly after you moved here. You kind of got involved yeah. with that. Where did the first um, business kind of venture come from once you, um, once you were here? Yeah, I... I I built my first website when I was, I don't know, 21 years old, um, and uh, when I moved here, I just kind of just started doing websites again. I, I jumped onto a guy. Um, this was kind of like Google called it the mobile Geddon, I think is what they said, mobile revolution, where all these websites um, needed to be converted over to mobile. To mobile, yeah. And so I got, I jumped on with this guy who uh, was licensing this technology that we could literally just stick in a website URL and it would spit out a mobile website. 
and there wasn't much editing that we had to do to oh, it. Oh, wow. And so we just charged like $500, $600 um, to do. It's a huge volume thing. Yeah. Wow. Yes, definitely. And so were you uh, designing websites in Texas? Bef- uh, is that where your past was in? Uh, I mean, it's been all over the place, okay. really. Yeah. And I actually kind of go off on a tangent, but I started my first business when I was eight years old. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not, a, not an official LLC or anything, but um, my school was blown away by a tornado, and um, as, as happens in Texas. And uh, when we finally moved into a temporary school, which is an old Piggly Wigglies. We had just temporary walls. That. And all the kids, we also had our, our quarters for vending machines, but there were no more vending machines. Right. And so that night, or after school, I went to this gas station near my house, and I just loaded up on everything five cents, like gobstoppers, pixie sticks, Tootsie Rolls, little pieces of gum. Yeah. Um, and I went back to school the next day and sold them for 25 cents a piece. <laughs> oh, wow. You little hustler. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. I did that for at least a couple of weeks until I got caught, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I, gum was my bestseller, so I decided to kind of streamline operations, and mm-hmm. I just bought the packages of gum, which were like Wrigley's, Juicy Fruit, uh, um, Big Red. Yeah. It was all those things that had, it was five sticks and one little stick. Right, one little package. Right. So I could load up my pockets with those. It wasn't near as uh, as revealing as you know, like big bulging pockets. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I would sell each one of those pieces for twenty five cents. So I'm still earning five times ROI at at, at eight years old. So and then <laughs> wow, I, that, that of course got caught. So yeah, the strategy behind that is probably yeah. something similar to like what these giant consulting firms do for very large <laughs> right. Fortune 500 companies in, yes. in their simplest form. But yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Definitely, definitely. You were doing it at eight. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> One day when I was at Walmart uh, with my mom, I actually came across the value pack where you'd get, instead of, instead of spending 25 cents per pack, it was five packs for a dollar. So oh, you get yeah. buy four, get Extra, one free. So yeah. I'm earning even more. I was like, this is great, mom. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> man, oh man, I think I started my first business probably in high school. I can't, probably doing yard work or painting or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, similar story of like, uh, always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And Definitely. Always had it in the blood. What do you think, um, do, do, we, let's go off, let's, let's like, I want to dig into that a little yeah, more definitely. actually. Uh, because I know you have so many things going on, and you're just, yeah. uh, as you said, a uh, uh, serial entrepreneur. What do you think, you know, makes somebody like that? You know, there's always the easy path, which is go get a job and live safely, get a salary, benefits, mm-hmm. and just, you know, work 40, 50 hours a week. And uh, how, how did you come from entrepreneur? That's, that's, always, or, the, that's yeah. always the big question. That's the question I always get asked. And no, not at all. Huh. My dad's a CPA for a big hospital. My mom was either a stay-at-home mom or um, she was a journalist. Wow. Like, I mean, that's, and then she later became a teacher, an English teacher. So, no, it's never been in our blood at all. Uh, I mean, even going back, I don't even, I don't, there's not really anyone in my family wow. that's that's an entrepreneur like this. Um, have you ever had a salaried job or have you always? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. I mean, it didn't last long, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a cube life. Okay. Yeah, very, yeah. very, very short time. I started making more money than the VP of the company doing uh, e-commerce sales. Okay. This was, again, a long time ago. This was right whenever websites were just being built, e-commerce websites anyway. Yeah. And I was like this, I was driving the growth of the company. And, and uh, yeah, we just, we just were crushing it. Like they had no idea that a salesperson could make this much money sitting in a cube in the, in the corporate office. And Interesting. the VP of the company was my, bo- my direct boss. 
And he did not like that I was making so much money at 20. Was that 20? I think it was 20. Um, maybe it's 21. Yeah. And he just, yeah, it did not happen. And they were like, we, I, they only lasted, I only lasted like that two months. After the second month, they're like, this is not going to, this is not working out. Like you're, we didn't expect this and we want to put you on salary. And I said, hell no. This yeah. This is not even yeah. close. Can't and, change the deal now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I was just catching up with a friend over coffee and he was telling me about a friend of his that uh, same thing happened. He was like in uh, tech sales, ended up doing so much business that uh, he was making so much money and mm-hmm. the company said, we can't pay you this much. It, it, I would think that the pay structure would be beneficial to both sides and you want to be incentivized to sell, sell, sell to yeah. make more and more more because then the company is also making more. But yeah, apparently it, not in all cases somehow. Correct. Yeah. With a typical sales scenario, right, we, we want the salesperson to be the most successful. We want right. them to make the most because they're making the most for the company. Right. But the way this company structured it, because it was so brand new, they were paying me as a salesperson who kind of started the lead or launched the lead, and they're yeah. paying the salesperson the exact same commission in the store. So because the ah. people weren't just buying online to get it delivered, they would buy online and then go into the store and either pick it up or um, or, or do something like change TVs. Like It was big screen TVs. It was... Hmm. It was Various pieces of furniture, electronics, yeah, okay. yeah. So a lot of the times, almost every time, yeah. um, it was you're either going into the store and picking it up, or or at least going to the store and picking it out. It was like it was more like lead generation than it was straight up sales. Okay. So they just didn't structure. I yeah, mean, they should have like split our commissions or something. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, could have been. Uh, you could have consulted with them when you were eight. <laughs> so like, yeah, exactly. Restructure <laughs> that. <laughs> the flow of money there. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, at what point did you ever get, so you're, you're doing CBD and, and cannabis and, and hemp now. Definitely my biggest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So wh- when did you get into that space? So I started a company, I guess probably a couple years after I got here. So I guess it's been about five years. A uh, team Mary Jane was the company. Okay. Um, so actually, so I, I didn't even smoke pot back then. I, I did when I was younger for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, uh, I watched this YouTube video by this guy, um, the founder of Ideal Lab out of New York. And this guy launches companies. Like his, his company is kind of like my dream company. So he sits around with his big team and they think up ideas. And then they take that idea and they'll throw marketing at it, the best ideas. And then if it sticks, they'll spin it off in its own company. So he studied huh. his top startups. And he studied startups outside of Ideal Lab. And he's like, what are the similarities of these things? What makes these companies successful? Consistently, it was the same thing. It wasn't the idea. wasn't the team. wasn't how much money was behind it. Consistently, it was the timing of the idea. So shortly after marijuana became legal recreationally here, mm-hmm. I was like, how do I get in? I don't even smoke pot. What do I do? How do yeah. I do this? Yeah. And I was already building websites. Want to capitalize on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so I, I became the cannabis marketing specialist, huh. right? Uh, and, and yeah, word travels fast through that industry. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And there wasn't any professionals doing it. Like right. even I still hear stories to this day about the first cannabis marketing companies just literally bending people over, like screwing people over so freaking bad. Mm. And and that word got out, of course, quickly on the bad side as well. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they're still around, but definitely they're failing pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, I think we we just we grew really quick. We moved into a three thousand square foot office. Mm. I mean, we we landed some really big clients right out the gate. One of the world's largest CBD companies on the planet. 
Uh, we launched uh, one other company that it was it was three companies in one. So and we were their official marketing company. So it was like it was 15k a month. Wow. And I'd only been in business I don't know probably five months. Oh wow! Right. So we launched one of the incredible. one of the world's largest, and then this other company, which is which is actually three companies in one that we were launching. So it's it's it was awesome. Um, and again, that was just because we called ourselves specialists. All I did was create another brand. Right. Like we still had the website company over here. We just called this one Team Mary Jane. So that was kind of the catalyst for that was the catalyst for your everything. second company, yeah. and then you getting into that industry, yeah. which then you've created several. Yeah, uh, definitely LLCs and, and projects underneath that. <laughs> yeah. Team Mary Jane, right? Yes. Talk more about that. Sure. So we just graduated from an accelerator called New Chip. Um, out of Austin, Texas, okay. for one of the CBD ancillary companies. So I, I'm kind of like the the pickaxe and the jeans and the underwears to the gold miners. Like we provide everything, all these all these things to CBD companies. And so it's outsourced operations. So we do sales, marketing, distribution. Um, we're moving into a huge warehouse on February 10th uh, because so we can handle more clients. Yeah. And our pricing model is extremely unique because. We, the way we have it worked in is through the through the discounted rates through our shipping carriers, we're able to basically build our costs into the shipping. So I'll just give you an example. Interesting. So uh, like one of our one of our, well one of our very first brands was uh, on the fulfillment side was a brand called Privy Peach. They have CBD lube. It's an adult line. CBD okay. lube, CBD topical. Um, they have bath bombs. They have pretty much everything that a woman wants on the adult side. On the kind of just feel good side, right. like creams and lip gloss, but right. it's all CBD infused. Hmm. Anyway, so we we took their pricing model and instead of charging the customers for shipping based on where they live, so it's like five dollars here, six dollars here, maybe eight dollars to Maine. We got it worked out with the USPS to where it's only two dollars and seventy five cents ish to ship anywhere in the entire country. Because of the volume you're bringing to the table? Well, I would like to say that, and that's what our competition says. Yeah. Uh, but no, they give it to anyone that applies. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just most <laughs> brands don't know that, right? Right, yeah. So even even if we're launching a website for a brand, we'll still set them up for this, even yeah. if they don't use this for fulfillment. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. It, it's kind of it's shady because the one competitor that, that is doing this, that tells the brands this, Yeah. I look at them because they don't know what I'm doing. They think I'm just another brand when I when I interview these right. competitors. Uh, I look at them I'm like you're this is your your line. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, no. So we worked it out so where instead of this fluctuating shipping cost and them paying more or the customers paying more, yeah. Now we got we set it up for its flat fee. So if you go to previewpeach.com right now and check out, we set it up so it's five dollar flat fee shipping, hmm. and then we give free shipping if it's like I think we set it at fifty bucks. Uh, so if they spend 50 you get free shipping. But anyway, so $5 flat fee. So we charge $2.10 for, for a shipment to go out. And then That's what your company is making that's what we're, on correct. running that process through for them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So again, $2.75 plus $2.10, yeah. it's $4.85. Yeah. So they're making $0.15 cents by using our services. By outsourcing to us, they're making money. Oh, wow. And then cool. the most important piece in all of this, what, our, what none of our competition can do, is we add value by increasing revenue through sales and distribution channels. So, I mean, just uh, last month, Privy Peach itself, we, we got them a $8,000 order, um, just, and now it's a retail order. Now it's, now it's going to continue on and on and on. And we get paid a commission for that, of course. For each but, time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's a, a wholesale order? Yep. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we, we launch inside retail chains and... and uh, 
um, you know, natural grocers and CBD stores. CBD retail stores are popping up like crazy. Um, one of our business models is we launch CBD stores. So, you know, I own a CBD store. Uh, about to open up another one in Lodo, by the way, next oh, month. Oh, nice. It's pretty cool. Um, Can you uh, say where and what that is yet? I can't yet because okay. no one knows except for the guy building it out. Okay. Um, just picture, no, I can't even say that. But it's, <laughs> it's, It'll be in Lodo, though. It's going to be in Lodo, yeah. It's going to open in about a month. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Um, okay, so you're so that's uh, that's like a... Um, Fulfillment, point of sale, like you're you're doing almost everything back office for these companies. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. I know uh, I have clients. Uh, we help companies with their real estate. And we have several clients that are, you know, getting it. They're getting out of, uh, you know, cannabis and THC, and they're getting into the CBD and hemp space now. Mm-hmm. It's becoming very big. There's a lot of attention moving in that direction. Yeah, and. One thing, I guess there's a lot of bottlenecks in that process, uh, and everyone's trying to Definitely. scramble to figure out where they can create a business to plug in, cr- uh, solving for that bottleneck. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you are uh, you already have a lot of that figured out. Yeah, cool. definitely, definitely. It, we had to go through uh, probably seven months of trying to figure it all out for sure and perfecting it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, through whether it's shipping carriers or... or or, or boxes, you know, how to, how to ship padded yeah. envelopes versus this, what breaks, what doesn't, what leaks, what doesn't. There was, I thought it was going to be, honestly, I thought it was going to be like, oh, great, we're just, we'll take products in and put them in boxes and ship them out. It was a whole lot harder than that. Like, really? we, we have lost so much. Like, I'll just give you an example. Um, how do you ship to Canada a CBD product when Canada doesn't like CBD? Right. Like, we had months and months and months of no problems going through, and all of a sudden... We change from Shopify to from a from a platform that sells e-commerce right. over to something else, which causes us to change our shipping services. Hmm. And now the shipping service would print CBD on the label, on the the shipping label, right? And it would get confiscated at the border, and they wouldn't call us. They wouldn't tell the customer. We just started realizing that all these customers were like, "Where's our product? Where's yeah. our product? Where's we're, our product?" Keep disappearing. Yeah, and we learned. I mean, and you, when you look at like the shipping label, CBD is printed like I don't. I would probably guess if it was if you were looking at it, probably four point font. It is tiny. It's yeah, light gray. Yeah. Like a custom agent has to really look and say, "Oh, that says CBD." Confiscate. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this never happened before until we changed shipping providers. So now, when we ship something, we have to go in and delete the CBD piece because that's pulled from the website. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it says like a CBD. Uh, lubricant or something like that. I don't remember the exact word, but, right. but we just we literally every time we ship out of your order now, we delete CBD, delete CBD, delete huh. CBD. Wow, so, the t- so much a little minutia like that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, what are you uh, using this warehouse for that you're going to be getting into? So, because you actually store product for your clients. Yeah, too, definitely, for, definitely for drop shipment. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 key is, you know, we're not getting paid until a product goes out the door. Oh, so gotcha. Brands don't have to pay us anything at all. That's okay. again, that's probably why. It, we're so successful at it is because brands can literally just ship us all the product yep. and we don't get paid until order goes out. Um, so we need space. <laughs> Obviously, yep. We, re- yep. we outgrew space really quick. And yep. um, I, haven't even, I haven't even gotten to advertise what I do yet. I mean, people are starting to find out slowly. Yeah. And I've got so many CBD companies that, obviously, that we're going we're gonna to start doing for because we just ran out of space. Quick, we ran out of space. Right. So, so how old is this... Uh company so when i went into new chip in the accelerator yeah um we're, we're basically starting over 
on the fulfillment side. So gotcha. these ancillary companies, so we've got the marketing company over here, then we've got the fulfillment company over here. So the fulfillment company, even though we've kind of been in beta for like the last six, seven months, um, officially started December. Okay. So did you go into the accelerator with the marketing company and you came out with having grown that plus, hey, there's also this other need in the market and let's start this, the fulfillment? No, no. Okay. I, I went in with this big company idea okay. of we do all these things and then they brought me out of investors don't understand all of this and you're about to pitch to investors to raise money. You're going to try and pitch five ideas yeah. and this isn't going to work. You need gotcha. to focus on, you need to hone in on one thing. I mean, it's great that you're making money at all this other stuff, right. but like we're investing in the fulfillment piece. So right. that's what you need to tell them. That's what you need to get honed in. And it's easy to see because, oh, you're making, you know, $2.10 minus 17 cents per order. Right. So this is your profit. This is, this is, it's so easy to calculate that. Whereas as a marketing company, it's like, well, I'm hoping to get five customers a month. And, you know, some pay 500 a month, some pay 5,000 a month. You know, right. that's a lot. Yep. That's, investors don't want to invest in a marketing company. They want to invest in something that is going to, you're going to be able to rapidly grow, Scalable. scale. And then get sellable, whatever. Sellable, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. I, I, I'm sorry to keep pulling this back to this analogy, but it's no different than when you were eight. Yeah, you go, yes. All the, the, these five other pieces of candy you're here, right. are selling as well as the gum. Yep. I'm going to focus on the gum. It's hilarious. <laughs> you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. <laughs> this stuff's so simple when you're <laughs> just look at it that way. Yeah. <laughs> simple when you're eight. It's like causing me to go, God, where are you? I need to sit down and uh, think through this stuff with my businesses. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. So how about, uh, let's dive into you personally a little bit. What, uh, what keeps you busy outside of work here in Colorado? Uh, so I've, I've jumped on with, a, uh, I'm on the board of another nonprofit now, Global Orphan Prevention, uh, which we're currently going through a name change because we, we're dealing with a lot more than orphans. It started as Global Orphan Prevention because the majority of child trafficking happens from orphanage, orphanages. Oh, wow. Or people that actually have living parents. Um, but they are getting pulled out of these and, and getting trafficked. So, but we're just doing with a whole lot more than that. Uh, but so it, it's gonna be something like global trafficking uh, prevention, something like that. But yeah. anyway, that's where a lot of my time goes outside of work. I mean, I I probably work till midnight almost every night. But there's a few hours a week goes into this uh, nonprofit. So this is a new uh, nonprofit that you got, you're involved in getting started. So I've actually you. been with them for about three years. Oh, okay. It's just that it hasn't been on, on the board level. It's been on just got kind it. of a strategy. You know, how do we market? How do we how do we do things better? And yeah. I just jumped on the board a few months ago. But yeah, we're we're definitely we, we raised over a hundred thousand dollars at our very first gala, and it was the the we did not expect to raise that much for mm. sure. But it's definitely hitting home, That's especially huge. with all the stuff in the news. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely huge. And we plan on doing multiples of that this year. We've got an wow. amazing team. Like, this team is just going crazy that we have right now. And the event, we, we, I mean, we sold out the last one. We could only fit 300 people in the cable center. And it was packed. Like, we were, jam- we were stuffed in there. Really? And so, yeah, we got a much bigger venue this time. And it's Say be- more about it. When is it? Uh, wh- where is it? How can people find tickets? Yeah, yeah. So go to globalorphanprevention.org or globalop. Dot org, uh, and it'll, it'll forward over there, but you'll be able to find out it's in August. It's down at the Inverness Hotel. Oh, yeah. That I've been to really, events down there. Yeah, it's really nice. And there's parking, and yep. you know it's, it's a little bit out of the city, but 
you can at least it's it's a much nicer venue. I mean, Cable Center is nice, but again, it was small. Yeah, uh, this is this is a gorgeous freaking hotel. And, and for those that have found modeling. themselves in Highlands Ranch, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm back. I'm back in Highlands. Yeah, Ranch. exactly. <laughs> I'd be very close to get there. No, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's great. I was involved in a uh, children's charity for a number of years, uh, Metro Denver Partners, and um, yeah, it was just a gift to be able to spend my time giving back. You know, this city and uh, my experience here has been so great. I, you know, I got to a point where I'm like, oh, wow, I'm no longer starving as a young entrepreneur, and I want to give back to this city yeah. that supported me, and, and uh, how do I do that? And kids is also a passion of mine, and uh, so I got involved in that charity and was involved with them for, um, mentored a kid for 10 years, Oh wow! Served on the board of that organization for six. When of you were those like twenty-one. What do you? What do you mean? <laughs> I was yeah. I was like uh, <laughs> early twenties to. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Something like mid twenties to thirty or something like that. Yeah. Late or early thirties. Um, so yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I, I understand the how that is so much more fulfilling mm-hmm. than okay. What's my next idea? Uh, I want to create a business around that stuff's exciting, uh, but giving back is really meaningful. And, um, so appreciate your definitely you're doing that. Sounds yeah, like you do a lot of that. Yes, when I can find the time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Again, where can I you know provide the most value in the right. shortest amount of time? Yeah. Right. And and controlling some marketing efforts or some strategy efforts. Yeah. So um, with your uh, with Team Mary Jane, mm-hmm. um, describe the perfect client that you guys would have. So the Nuco fully amplified. Okay. Uh, that's the overarching. So, Team Mary Jane's kind of getting. So, Team Mary Jane was really focused on cannabis at large. So, you know, uh, from cannabis, the genus, there's marijuana and there's hemp. CBD can be derived from both, but if it's derived from marijuana, it's found in dispensaries. If it's derived from hemp, that's what you see, you know, at all the stores and, and online and that kind of thing. Right. So, uh, Team Mary Jane really has focused around that the marijuana piece. So, we're kind of steering away from that and going into fully amplified. Mm-hmm. With that, our, our perfect client is a client that I worked with when we were in maybe 40 retail stores when I started, and they were uh, probably 15K a month in revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're in 4,000 GNCs, uh, Golf Plus, Dick's Sporting Goods. Wow. Uh, just, just crushing it. And they're the perfect client, not just from a sales and marketing standpoint, but also because when they got to that point, and I don't remember how many orders a day it was, but whenever they got to that point of our, the office is too small, like we had one, two, three, four, there, we had probably seven people in this office, in a four-person office, mm. and like we were tight. Plus we had all the products in there, and we're sitting over there, we'll, we're, we're stuffing boxes, all of us, the, the CEO. I've got a picture of the CEO and the COO and me all just, we don't have, like, we're not getting paid to stuff boxes, right? right? But yeah. we have to. We had to do it, and they right. they outgrew the office really quick, and now it's all outsourced. Oh wow! Okay. And unfortunately, I didn't start my fulfillment company till till after, know, after they figured that out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or there, they'd be another. That'd be another one of my revenue streams for right. Right. Yep. But but now we just do some sales and distribution for them yep. as well, and uh, it's it's a it's a great product for sure. But they are the perfect client. Not only because we were able to to watch them to grow with them from next to nothing to skyrocket, right? You know that hockey stick which you talked about in the in the beginning, but also on the fulfillment side. Yeah, like we the 
we, we figured all that stuff out and then it outsourced. Hmm. So it's anyone that uh, is in the CBD space that's got some sort of consumer product, not necessarily have to have that, but ideally some sort of uh, product that they're shipping or that, they're, you know, that you can provide kind of back office function, fulfillment, yeah. marketing expertise, uh, there's services for all of that. Yeah. And then how can somebody, how can people reach you to find out more? Fullyamplified.com. Fullyamplified.com. Yes. Has all your contact info. Yes. So, um, so is this a subsidiary company under Team Mary Jane? Or no. is it completely separate now? Totally separate. You're moving away from that. Yeah, exactly. Into- because we're, you know, okay. we're raising money. Um, we're, we, obviously, we just started raising money because we just graduated. But right. we'll have it raised within a month uh, for sure, no doubt. But we needed to separate those things. Everything yeah. had to be totally separate. And everything is, because if you're taking money from somebody, they want to know what their money's doing too, right? right. So uh, everything is, there's every single thing's on the up and up, from a bookkeeper to the accountant to, I mean, I'm, I'm an open book already. Yeah. But I want this company to be an open book to all the investors as well, right? They want, they, I want them to be able to know and see every single thing. Uh, they're going to get a quarterly report on, on from a money standpoint, but then yep. we're going to produce a, a newsletter also that says, you know, we landed another two clients or did this or we're expanding or blah, 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 blah whatever right. it is, right? So, yeah, totally separate company and then okay. just really, yep, just making sure everything's transparent. Yeah, and it seems like uh, almost, I think maybe all my friends and clients and everything that were in the uh, cannabis or THC space, I don't know how you, mm-hmm. what the correct terminology is, but have now moved or are moving yeah. into the CBD space. I don't know what's driving that. Maybe it's as every Safety. state in the nation becomes legal. Uh, and then there's, yeah, maybe there's just more opportunity now in the hemp space. But it seems like everyone's moving in that direction. Yeah, which is very interesting. I think it's from a safety and security standpoint. There's okay. there's still so many things that happen in the marijuana side that is because uh, it's, it's still crippling. a cash business because it's still federally it, not necessarily not legal. just yeah the federally okay. illegal piece yeah yeah that's yeah. that's a big one um, definitely that's CBD being that you can sell it to anyone anyone in the world mm-hmm. even though it may be illegal in their country or or their state mm-hmm. it, you can still do it from the confines of you know Colorado or whatever state you're in yeah most most states have some form of legalization around the CBD side interesting so yeah. n- not all but most and so you can launch your company there from an e-commerce standpoint and send product to all these other countries even though it's illegal there I mean this stuff's save I mean I don't want to say saving lives even though it kind of is but you know the the stories that we get from helping people are just outrageous yeah you know we will yeah. I will continue to sell to a country that is I should, probably shouldn't say this while I'm raising money. <laughs> I will continue to sell to a country. Look, edibles, CBD edibles are illegal in California. Really? Yes. Oh. Isn't that crazy? But we send edibles, CBD edibles, to California every single day. Wow. And we will continue to do that because that people aren't eating them as candy. Right. Like it's helping a, a freaking autistic kid or it's helping a person that has Alzheimer's. Or, yes. Yeah, Alzheimer's. It's helping yeah, these people exactly. a lot. And I am all about, that's what I get up every single day for. That's what I love so much. Yeah. It's hearing these freaking stories. Well, I heard, I've heard over the years as this has really taken hold over the last 10 years, let's mm-hmm. say, that this actually used to be our medicine until yeah. penicillin was discovered. And right. then we got in this, you know, antibiotic track for the last, I don't know how many years. 
Uh, and now it's just taking a shift back to what it, we used to kind of use more than natural. Literally, literally thousands of years. I mean, yeah. We're finding this stuff and can't, yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's yeah. crazy. I love it. And it's really interesting to watch, you know, Denver has, is, we're really progressive as a city and a state uh, or a metro area anyway. We've uh, de decriminalized psilocybin mm -hmm. and we'll see what's next. I mean, it's just... I think, personally, it's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and I'm Absolutely. proud of us for being that progressive because, you know, I think this most of this stuff is safe and it is actually helping a lot of people. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I want to uh, cap this off by asking you a few rapid-fire questions. Sure. Just so uh, the listeners can kind of uh, get to know more of you and what makes you tick. Sounds good. Uh, do you have any morning routines that you... Oh, any morning routine that you follow on a regular basis? Ooh. So... This may be a rapid-fire question, but not a rapid-fire answer. Yeah. So I just moved into a new place. Um, Congrats. And thanks, thanks. And I found all these clothes that I had put away. I, I'm getting chubby. <laughs> and they, a lot of these clothes are not fitting me. Oh, when no. I, when I moved, I'm like, holy crap, this doesn't fit. This doesn't fit. This doesn't fit. Really? Oh, it's bad. It's huh, bad. You don't, you don't look like you are. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but... I like I. It was a quick uh, shot in the face there that I've got to. I can't keep working all the time and not working out. Uh, I was okay. playing soccer four times a week until I broke my collarbone yeah. two years ago, a year and a half ago, and so I, it's it's definitely it, it was a lot better back mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. So uh, every morning now, recently um, I do. So I've started this hundred push up a day challenge. So it's hundred push, push ups a day. Yeah. Okay. It's very easy. I just I wake up. I literally roll over and I'll do 100 push-ups. Wow! And I, and I can't do 100 push-ups straight. Remember, I haven't worked out in a year and a half. Right? Yeah. Right. I don't think many people could do 100 no, push-ups straight. <laughs> <laughs> but like the first time, it took me like I think it was I, I recorded it. It was like a, an hour and like eight minutes or something. Yeah. It took me to do the 100 push-ups. Wow! Because I would have to, I'd keep having to rest and rest and oh, rest. Yeah. Like I I could only do like five. I, mean, I used to could do 25, 30 push-ups mm -hmm. at one time. Not even close. Right. Even now, after doing this for 15, 16 days or something, still, I can't do 25 in a row. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I roll over. The first set's like eight, and then you're kind of warm up a little bit, and the next set's like 15, and then down to 14, and then 12, and whatever. It still takes me like 35 minutes or so to do the 100 push-ups. Yeah. But, you know, I'll make the coffee, and then I'll make my smoothie, and then I'll, you know, get Mix ready. all that in I'll do it. all that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not 100 push-ups straight, and then it's... Just do it as my morning kind of routine. So gotcha. that yeah. really is kind of it. Cool. Do you have any, um, I don't know, journaling or meditation practices that's come up a lot in uh, these interviews yeah. as part of that routine or I not do, necessarily? I, there was, uh, so I've studied Buddhism a lot. That is probably, I've studied all the world's major religions uh -huh. uh, pretty in depth. Buddhism is the one that probably stuck with me the most. Mm -hmm. And I used to meditate a whole lot. I used to do yoga a lot. Uh, three times a week for a few years. Mm -hmm. And again, when I broke my collarbone, I stopped going to yoga as well. But that's the meditation piece is pretty awesome. I no longer sit and meditate for 15, 30 minutes, whatever. Now there's a lot of just mindfulness type things, like mm, whether, yeah. whether I'm driving and I turn off everything or I'm focus on your walking. breath or something like that. Correct. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I've got my watch that reminds me uh, a few times a day to just breathe. That's all it says. Oh, okay. I mean, Samsung watch or something like that. Right. It's just a, it's just Apple a watch. 
Oh, Fitbit. Okay, yeah, cool. Fitbit that was somebody bought for me. Yep. Uh, my business partner, one of my business partners. Nice. Uh, but yeah, and, and I've got it set. Just it, all it does is just tells me to breathe, and huh. and obviously we don't need help breathing, but it <laughs> reminds me to stop. You know, be in the moment, be present, and yeah. take deep breaths. And that's yeah. great. Yeah, a lot of people that actually like teach meditation and things. That's they literally say that that is meditation. Yes. Uh, it's apparently a, a very simple thing to do, but yeah, <laughs> I try to mix that into my. I, I try. I try to stay consistent with it, but it's uh, difficult sometimes. Yeah, so definitely for me. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Hard to shut the brain off. <laughs> yes. um, how about any? Um, uh, how about any reading material, any books that have been super impactful to you in your life? The One Thing uh, by Gary Keller, founder okay. of Keller Williams. Yep. Love that book a lot. It's, uh, it's all about how to find, uh, well, first of all, what is your one thing? You determine what that, is, what that is. And then how do you take those steps to actually achieve that one thing? What, what are you doing um, in your life to get to that one thing? Right. That was, that's a great book. Again, Buddhism is just something I studied so much from mindful. Oh, here's a here's a good one. Uh, this actually is it's kind of crazy. No offense to Scientologists by any means. Uh, I do think uh, there are some crazy pieces about it. But Dianetics, the book that sparked, the book that started Scientology, is the book that kind of started me on my journey into psychology. Hmm. Um, it's called Dianetics? Dianetics, huh. yeah. Um, back in many, many years ago, I used to see this on like, when I was like 10, when the book came out, it was a volcano erupting on screen. And it was Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard, Dianetics. And it would, they did so much marketing back then. But I read the book probably 15 years ago, and it was, it's all about these psychosomatic things that happen to us. Not, no, not that happen to us, that we do to ourselves. And that is literally the book that started the whole thing for me. And I studied Scientology in depth as well. But yeah. you get, and there's so much good in most of these major religions. There's a lot of good. There's just a lot of bad too. Yeah. Scientology, I finally got to that point where you guys are crazy. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh. But leading up to that was like, this stuff is amazing. It makes a ton of sense. Hmm. One of their books that I love called Self-Analysis. Self-Analysis, you read this book and you're going back and you're, you're going back and back and back and back in time to fix what's wrong with you today. And you're figuring, what is, why does this trigger me? Why does this trigger me? And it's something that happened when you were five years old. Right. And you just keep, it just keeps jogging you back and back and back. And it's freaking, it was amazing. Yeah. But I loved, I loved that book. This Digging that stuff up and. Absolutely. And working. Dealing with it. with it. And yeah. Getting it complete is important. Yeah. We used to think yeah. that the cold weather or the rain made us sick. Mm-hmm. And if you believe that, you would get sick. Mm-hmm. I yeah. truly believe that our bodies can control our health. Yeah. And I truly believe that if you believe that the rain is going to get you sick, and I'm out there playing soccer in it, and I come in, and now my nose and stuff is runny, and, I'm, and I wake up sick the next day. Right. We know beyond the shadow of a doubt, rain cannot make us sick. The cold weather cannot make us sick. Bugs make us sick. Right. Yeah. So, But yet, there are people that believe that and they sure enough they are getting sick every single time they're out playing in the cold rain i, I think our moms are teaching us that when we're little of course right? <laughs> absolutely they did <laughs> come on moms no <laughs> yeah. yes. read this book no <laughs> that's yeah. great no that's a i i agree with that wholeheartedly and i try to 
keep that top of mind for myself because mm-hmm. uh, our minds are very powerful, and I think I, yeah. our minds do create the physical. Uh, what you what you think is what becomes reality. Watch what you think. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, this has been a fun conversation. I've loved to uh, loved getting to know you better. Uh, I knew you were up to a lot, and I'm not <laughs> sure, wasn't sure exactly all what yeah. you were up to. So exciting to hear what you're doing, and and uh, going to be kind of behind the scenes as this economy, as this industry grows. Yes, yes, uh, over the next few years. So great. Well, thanks again. Absolutely, loved it.